Hello, I'm Tope Hazan. Welcome to the Isoko Africa podcast. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Isoko Africa. And you know that it is another season starting. I mean, of course, we've had one year just gone. And this is a new year and we're really looking to find out more brands that can be really tailored to your lifestyles. Not just the fact that they're startups or anything, but the fact that they're actually great commercial companies that you can find really useful in your household. We're bringing you household names. And uh, just go back from Ghana and I have in the studio with me Babajide Ipaye. Um, this is someone, I guess this is a name you must have really heard a lot. Because why? They're making the foremost sneakers from Africa. I mean, from the name to the symbols to everything about it, it's, it's really spectacular. But you know what? I'll wait for him to introduce himself. Hi, Baba Jide. Hi, Taiwo. How you doing? Hi. Welcome <laughs> into the studio. Thank you it very much. It's so good to hear, like, to see you. I mean, let's, let me talk like a Ghanaian person. Hey! Chale. <laughs> Chale. <laughs> Aquaba. Aquaba. Thank you very much. It's so, kicks. Wow, mm. it's it's. I mean, the first time I was telling you, the first time I knew about Kicks was um, last year, but that uh-huh. was before I now finally met you right. at Social Media Week. Mm-hmm. And even when I watched the video, I think it was CNN or BBC. It was CNN, yes. Great. <laughs> and when I saw the video, I was like, God of mercy. <laughs> what? Uh, what? No. Like anybody that says we have no product, please. Look at this. <laughs> I mean, I was all over Facebook and everyone was like, do you even know the person? Like, I don't need to know him. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. I was really hyping the product like as if I knew you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what was the inspiration behind Kicks? How did you finally start Kicks? Okay, well, it's actually a very interesting story. Um, Kicks is, I would say, a summary of my life over the past... 30 years i would say or more and it just ended up with saying okay i've grown up having a shoe size problem i'm a size 48 i don't get shoes my size and even when i find shoes that are my size it's not the right fit or design that i want Mm -hmm. so usually i have to end up just wearing whatever i find Uh. and so i grew up with that challenge and sometime in 2015 uh i decided to solve that problem so i was on holiday in paris uh with the family and i started thinking how long are you going to keep dealing with this challenge why don't you just do something about it so i said okay well i'm on holiday so what's what's there to lose so i went online i decided to find out how to create my own shoes uh did quite a bit of digging up and then i came across a school in netherlands uh, which is basically a school for innovative footwear design and manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And I decided to leave Faris. I headed to the Netherlands, went to check out the school, met with the directors of the school, spoke to them extensively. And I decided I wanted to enroll to learn how to make sneakers. 
Oh my God. <laughs> and uh, when I, you know, when I enrolled for the program, I realized making sneakers was not as straightforward as the regular shoes, obviously because of a little more technicality in terms of how you produce these things mm -hmm. and the need to standardize. So when I was done with the program, I figured the easiest way to start off was to outsource production. So through the guys in the Netherlands and a technical partnership that was formed, um, I spoke to the guys and they said to me, you can't make one pair of shoes. If you have, you have to make a pair, it's going to be very expensive. You have to make a lot of shoes. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, so now what next? If I'm going to make so many shoes, <laughs> why don't I look at how I can start up a business uh, which would produce shoes, but not just produce shoes, look at having a social side to it. So the idea of a for-profit social enterprise came to mind. And we decided to go on to Kickstarter, which is a crowdfunding site, mm -hmm. one of the largest crowdfunding sites exactly. in the world. And we shared the idea, we shared the design of the shoes. And over a period of about 40 days, we raised about $20,000, which was then used awesome. to produce the first batch of shoes. Mm -hmm. And following that, it's been a series of lucky hits if you want to call it that uh right. you know we've, we we with the crowdfunding we had pre-orders from four continents across the world we had people from japan venezuela the us uk within africa and you know it was very exciting and over a period of about 60 70 days we were able to produce the shoes and then deliver it across to the entire continent in terms of all the orders that came through that is awesome <laughs> So that's like about one year plus now or yes. so. Yes. What was the social impact part of Crates in the Shoes? Okay, so Keeks, the vision or the mission of Keeks is to create innovative designs and empower communities through social oriented projects. So the focus is not to give charity or aid, but to teach people how to fish. Um, the idea is we make profit. We take 10% of our profit and we invest it in social projects that are sustainable and scalable. Uh, a typical example of one that we started off, we haven't made profit yet, but at least we've started uh, the process of giving back, uh, is the Dustbin Estate. Um, oh, okay. Dustbin Estate is in Ajegule. Uh, people live on refuse dumps mm -hmm. and they actually collect money from people who come there to dump refuse to feed. So you have a lot of street kids who are just wandering around they're not educated and they're basically, you know, just going by the day. So uh, there's a charity foundation there called Lots Charity Foundation that we partnered with. What they have done as part of their own social responsibility is to feed these kids and educate them. So by feeding them, it's an incentive for them to come to school mm -hmm. to learn, uh, you know, the basic stuff they need to learn in terms of their maths, uh, you know, social studies, everything that you would go to attend in a normal school that you can afford to, they're offering that in that environment. That's and good. so we have partnered with them. We, you know, we give them uh, provisions, we give them footwear, and then occasionally we also embark on projects. So uh, there's a young lady called Zuri Aluduwali. Mm -hmm. uh, she's called one of the most powerful girls in the world. She's met over... 21 world leaders. She started her career at about five. Uh, she's Her dad is Nigerian. Her mom is from, I think, Mauritius. And so she goes all over the world meeting global leaders and pushing or trying to administer girl-child education. So we've partnered with her. She does filmmaking 
And so we did a, a program recently at the Civic Center where we brought these kids from the Dustpin Estate and we basically exposed them to, to filmmaking. We exposed them to, you know, understanding how you can have a vision and how you can try to ach- achieve your dreams. So it's all about empowering people, but then the shoes are cool. So you wear cool shoes, you feel good about wearing them, <laughs> and then you also know that you're giving back one way or the other to empowering other people. That is great because I remembered our discussion in social during social media week right. last year, mm-hmm. uh, earlier this year, and you told me that the kick symbol was yes. a big up sign. Like it, a it's, a, it's actually chop knuckle. It's chop knuckle you sign. Know, it's it's, it's <laughs> what you say to someone when you're celebrating an exactly like chop knuckle. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh my God! So now this is kicks a snicker for the world that really. Um, let's come talk about that. I, I noticed that the quality of the sneakers are actually great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am a sneaker junkie. Right. <laughs> Anyone that knows me knows that yeah. if it's yoga uh-huh. or fitness, right. uh, count her in. So mm-hmm. I think I'm the one who, when I'm not traveling, I'm buying fitness things. Yeah. And so I've already had my fair share of buying really, really good products across the right. world. Actually, I do buy African products first, mm-hmm. but where I can find, then I buy, um, I- you know, international. Right. And I've <laughs> noticed that I, I actually felt these sneakers then uh-huh. and I have a friend who's been using hers for almost a year and then right. that's Rose so <laughs> shout out to you girl <laughs> right. and it's, it's still durable right. so how do you manage um, this quality and production for your kicks okay so um, one of the first things we decided was what we wanted which was a product that could compete globally but still have an African narrative so it's an African brand with a world class focus so we, c- we say we're a niger born world-class school mm-hmm. uh, um, so therefore we understood to compete in a global market it was important to set a benchmark so first the education i mean taking time to go to one of the best schools in the world that focuses on innovative footwear design and manufacturing was a very great opportunity um, also um, partnering with uh, a foreign technical partner that had expertise in footwear production was also a critical element in setting the standards for the footwear production. And therefore, we've had to outsource our production at this point in time with the incentive or with the idea of backward integrating to us setting up the factory here in Nigeria. But we need the numbers to drive the, the you know the economies of scale required to produce mm-hmm. locally. So obviously, we've had to outsource. We focus primarily on product design and you know the whole branding. And then we outsource the manufacturing at this point in time. Okay. I mean, that's great. Uh, this is tips for anybody listening, you know, to build a new product, especially one that is very global and dimensional. One, learn the technical know-how. You yes, said it, you said you had important. to go to learn this. It's not just the fact that you just see it and you think, oh, I can do mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. I think that's very important. Even if you're not going to the school, you can afford a school. I mean, yes. there are ways you can learn stuff online. Absolutely. Second thing is partnering Team. with people that know that this is standard and they will right. keep you on your toes. Right. And the third thing is outsourcing. If you cannot do it, outsource it. Absolutely. I remember one of my friends is telling me, which he read from a very important book. He said, twenty um, percent of what you do in your yes. company is yes. actually what brings in funds. Right. Anything that eighty percent, yes. you don't need to actually focus on it. Right. Outsource it because mm-hmm. the truth is, if you don't, if you focus so much time on your eighty percent, not on your twenty, yes. you would really crawl and you won't get into your profit early. At the end of the day, when you finally make so much profit, you right. cannot afford mm-hmm. to, you know, 
you know afford all that 80 percent and employ yes. people to handle that mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. where you can't people just outsource it and focus 20. on the one you're great at Right. The one you're great at doing so well that it brings in so much money. Absolutely. Now let's uh, let's talk about um, market for so far. Right. What markets are you right now in Africa and outside Africa? I mean, like you know, you have clients yes. and people can order from you. Okay. Um, so we started off initially with crowdfunding, which was a global platform. Uh, so we took pre-orders from four different continents. Uh, after the crowdfunding, we started retailing in Nigeria. Uh, following, uh, you know, series of international exposure like the mm-hmm. CNN interviews and a lot of press-related activities we've done, we've started. Uh, we have a retailer in Guadeloupe. Um, we have a retailer in oh Dubai. We've got a semblance of retail in South Africa. Okay. We've got a retailer in Maryland, uh, in the U.S. Uh, we've got uh, some spec of geeks in New York at the moment, and we're working uh, towards, you know, um, integrating with uh, a showroom, a retail uh, buying partner. Uh, we also have Kenya coming up pretty soon. And through our website, we also retail globally. So people order the products from our website, and then we ship worldwide. That's amazing. I'm I'm going to put you on the spotlight here. And (laughs) and hey, guys, listening to me, you know that I always bring amazing products. So if you hear me (laughs) doing oh and ah for products, (laughs) hey, hey, just uh, give me a break, okay? Because they're actually great. Go check them out. I don't bring anybody on the show that's not great. I mean, if its product is not great, it's not coming on the show. Um, So let's talk about this. I've had a lot of... um, people a lot of brand Mm -hmm. leaders and i mean shout out to all of them because they're doing great right and they've all come on the show and sometimes i ask questions like why are you globally and they go like uh right now we're just still trying to perfect the market here and all yes and the truth is some of them don't have complicated products as you do right so i already i mean i listened to them like okay great i i'm just like i really respect your opinion but at the end of the day i'm like why are you not going out there Mm-hmm. It's a world open for you, a big market. And right. people can use, especially African products sometimes are so cheap because when you put them in dollars, especially right. from Nigeria, right. it's almost next to nothing mm-hmm. for them. Yes. So why are you not trying? Why are you not trying to put your product out there? I mean, what are the things you feel... Um, it's making other Af- your fellow entrepreneurs right. not to take the products out there because okay. of course you didn't have so much funding and or you even right. had to kickstart. Right. You know, I mean, what are the tips to help these people get out there? Oh, okay, I, I think it's it's a very complicated uh, answer, and I'll try to compartmentalize it as much as best as I can uh, based on my own, you know, limited experience. Uh, I think the first thing is that a lot of the local brands. Uh, tend to produce locally, some of them do, and they are struggling with, one, standardization of their products, um, the mm. typical challenges of uh, working in our operating environment from power to personnel to funding to so many you know issues. Uh, and then when you're working with global retail or you're trying to establish a global retail presence, there's a need to have that ability to ramp up your uh, ability to meet with the demands of those markets. Uh, if you are still struggling with standardization, 
you're struggling with branding it's one thing to have a product it's another to have a brand and to be able to market it effectively um, there's also the fact that in different countries you've got different uh, you know nuances so for example if you actually want to go global uh, there's something called local so going global doesn't necessarily mean if you have a brand message you can translate it to every single country you have to try to adapt it or localize it or transcreate or transcribe it in certain instances and so one of the things that i have had an opportunity of doing over the past 18 months has been traveling to various countries to try to understand the markets i mean i i, I was in uh this i mean the last four years i've been to uh, you know, I did South Africa, Kenya, uh, Madagascar, uh, the U.S. Um, you know, um, I was in. I started off in Netherlands. Mm-hmm. I had a stint in Paris. Um, you know, I, I, every year I go to a different country. Not because I'm trying to, you know, uh, show fun. off, <laughs> but it's basically always business. So I just got back from from the U.S. from a trade show called Magic. It's the largest mm-hmm. trade show. In the U.S., it's, it happens in Vegas every year, and it's basically uh, buyers who are basically either retailers or buying agents or large retail chains meeting up with designers and producers of you know clothing and apparel. And there's a lot of standardization that comes to play from little things as line sheets, lookbooks, uh, pricings, uh, how you work with your order to delivery period there's so much it's a very very competitive market and you need to also understand the pricing models the the taxes the shipping costs there's so many moving parts with going global and so i would really understand with some of those that are producing products locally that they're dealing with so many challenges and like you said 80 20 do you want to be a production company or do you want to be a brand and marketing company or do you want to be a wholesale retailer or do you want to be a cotton uh, you know uh, a cottage business so y- y- people also have to understand mm. how they position to be able to get to where they want True. to get to so there are a lot of challenges and things that people have to consider with going global True. there is this debate that i am um, that brings me to this fact that this debate that you know africa has a lot of good mass production companies right i mean like that we should i mean Anyone listening to the show, the first thing, let me just answer you there because I know you were saying this. Yes. The first thing will be like, oh, why doesn't he produce uh, locally? Right. Uh, which would actually, you know, by now it would have boosted sales and all. Absolutely. And the truth is, I was also of that opinion. So theory, like, oh, if you if you produce here, then you make it and all. Um. <laughs> and then, like we were saying, well, it got I, I, into I, a point <laughs> where you are seeing that yes. even the local production companies have so much issues. I, I'll They're tell you another thing. Yeah. If you if you look at, for example, the footwear industry, and you learn from history, Bata was a company that started, I think, in 1932 in Nigeria. They started off as a trading company. They were selling shoes, and then eventually, at the peak, they were producing. In 1985, 10.4 million pairs of shoes mm-hmm. for school kids. Mm-hmm. And then over the years, there was a rapid decline and then complete shutdown, literally, because the feeder industries were not working. The leather industry was not producing enough leather to meet the needs of 
uh, butter. They had to start importing product, uh, leather. Uh, their price points were not very competitive. Uh, the borders were open for people to import other products into the same country. Uh, consumers don't care where you produce per se. If the pricing is not right, they're not going to pay for it. Mm -hmm. So again, the factor of if you're producing you know, with production is based on economies of scale. The more you produce, the lower your unit costs. Mm -hmm. So if you set up a factory today and you're churning out, maybe, for example, our footwear factory, if we set it up, when we set it up, can produce about 6,000 pairs of shoes a day. The minimum it will do is probably 2,000. So in a month, you're talking about 60,000 pairs of shoes. Mm -hmm. In a year, you're talking about a million pairs of shoes. Now, we don't have the kind of retail distribution network that is no. mature enough to deal with those mm -hmm. challenges. So there's so many aspects to considering how you want to enter the market. And manufacturing is something that has to be done on economies of scale. If you're not scaling in terms of volume, you're going to be burning cash and yeah. you never hit that profitability. Exactly. You know, so, so how many years do you think uh, Africa's production um, you know, market will, would hit it? Uh, it's, um, it's a very difficult question to answer. <laughs> for example, if you are in a fast-moving consumer good uh, space, for example, Guinness manufacturers here, people drink every day. Dangote is producing. They have the, they, they're the money out to sugar. invest in sugar, I mean, even in the recession, sugar sells. Because of we will eat more bread, you know. Exactly. So these are daily need products. Yeah. And that means they can actually set up a factory. They've got the volume to do it. And the but remember, <laughs> that most of them started off as trading companies and then they ramped mm -hmm. up. Yeah. So I think that the, the best thing is start your company, uh, yes. start the product, sell the mm. product, just be majorly selling the product. Right. So you make it to a point where you can actually produce for yourself, which yeah, is good. But, but because still, that would actually yeah. reduce um, your cost of... Uh, Absolutely. But you can change your model and decide you want to focus on customized products. Mm. So you can produce less and then you charge a high Luxury amount of products, money yeah, exactly to, 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 to So let's... Done. Let's let's um time is going, but <laughs> I'd love to hear where you've come from. I mean, if there is a, an investor listening right. or people who really want to invest in this market, where mm -hmm. have you come from and where are you going and what do you need to get there? Okay, so where we've come from, uh we started off with crowdfunding in twenty sixteen from November uh twenty sixteen to December twenty sixteen, about forty days. Uh, we raised twenty thousand dollars. We got uh, to supply all the pre-ordered products globally. Um, in May twenty um, seventeen, uh, sorry, I'm sorry. We started in twenty fifteen. Okay, because uh, I was beginning to. <laughs> yes, and then in May twenty sixteen, uh, we started trying to retail in in a small bit in Nigeria. We got uh, we 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 entered into some business plan competitions. Okay. We won the Sterling Bank Meet the Executives oh, okay. uh, business plan company with the first. We got a grant. We also applied for the Tony Lumilu Entrepreneurship Program. There were about forty-five thousand applicants, and we were one of those that were shortlisted to get a grant. Uh, we started retailing locally in Nigeria across maybe about ten to twelve different channels, mm. uh, Lagos, Abuja, Port Harcourt, all the online stores we're retailing there. Uh, we retail through our website. We've ramped up our volumes over the last few months. Um, in 2017, we've been featured on CNN African Voices. Yeah. We've been featured on several platforms. I just got back from uh, 
the U.S. from the fashion trade show, there's been a lot of ramping up in terms of trying to get the volumes. Mm-hmm. And we are currently shifting gears. So what I mean by shifting gears, we're trying to move to another phase of the business. We've done the business model. We've at least proven uh, that the market exists and the opportunities are there to grow uh, a sneaker brand, both locally and internationally. And we're at this point now where we need to raise capital to ramp up our volumes, Mm -hmm. which is take us to the point where we can start talking about producing locally. So um, the the project we are trying to embark on now, which is extremely ambitious, is to go global in 365 days. Uh, It sounds crazy, but the, the thought process around it is if we can get our business model right and we can create uh, a replicable business model, then we can scale rapidly. So the thought process is assemble the four pillars we need for success at this point in time. Team, having the right experienced team members to mm-hmm. join us. Uh, so both having that local as well as a global mindset. Product, so we've got more products we want to churn out. Uh, that we've designed and we need to just produce them in. Yes. Fitwear. Okay. Channels. Yeah. Uh, we want to increase our channels both in Nigeria as well as internationally. Mm-hmm. And then finance, which is the major anchor to drive Everything. all of this, you know, critical areas that need to be addressed. So we, we're trying to raise a lot of money right now. We need about $10 million to ramp up. But if we have a million, we can do the first phase and then based on milestones, we then continue to, you know, expand our operation. So that's where we are right now. Hey, don't worry. <laughs> Crazy is what gave birth to a lot of things that, I mean... I'm sorry to say this. I yes. really God was crazy when he created the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was crazy. Because when you look at some of the things that crazy, you're like, this guy, I don't think someone in their right mind, he's just damn, how could you think? So definitely, mm-hmm. you have to think big, yes. beyond, like, I hear that the dream has to be fearsome. It has to be fearsome. For it to be that one that would it has really to be, fearsome. be impactful. That plan and Absolutely. you know that this would work. Absolutely. You know, of course, that's you, I, I would want that African entrepreneurs should create things that mm-hmm. would be um, uh, a step, like it, it would be a standard Absolutely. for even the world to follow. Absolutely. You Absolutely. Know? And I mean, I wish you well. I Thank know this is going to definitely cover. <laughs> I mean, if you'd made so much impact within one year. Yes. Of course. We definitely have to of scale. Course. We have to Just scale. Five, definitely <laughs> be everywhere. And this is a world where you have internet, you have absolutely, everything. Absolutely. So it's, it's all about leveraging technology faster. and collaborating. And definitely. that's the way to grow. Don't worry, Soko Africa is with you on this. Yes, <laughs> most definitely. Hey, guys, <laughs> this is Kicks. Okay, if you don't believe what we're saying here, <laughs> go online and look for K E E X S. I think your website would be www.kwexs. And you know what kicks sta- what kicks means, right? It's two words. Top knock. <laughs> no, it's two words. Oh. It's K I C K S, which is sneakers or rubber related soles, and then K W E K, which means to peep. Ah. So the peep is talking about the African element. So it's African-born, world-class cool. It's the Afrocentric element of the brand ah, that we yes. infuse in our products. Yes, I love that. I love <laughs> that. In all the designs, it Absolutely. has that. Absolutely. We tell a story. We always tell a story with the shoes. That is so beautiful. <laughs> okay, guys, go check it out. Go order. 
<laughs> order. I mean, like, look, you know what? Just, just like, pause, pause right now. Go, just go to your website. <laughs> go to the website, get it, share it, order one for yourself, then send it to all your family members and maybe five more friends. Absolutely. Let's get. And uh, you know what? Let's if you have foreign going. friends, expatriates, and all, talk about it to them. Show them. I mean, the truth is, the the the, wor- the the product is so great that when you see, you fall in love with it. That's how it is. We've just been lucky. Yeah? It just you just <laughs> fall in love with it. So why not, people? Thank you so much, Thank Jide. Thank you so much. Topa. Where else can people get across to you in case they want to talk to you? I mean, we could not talk about so much. I'm probably There's gonna get you lot. back Absolutely. on the show <laughs> to actually mentor some young people in right, you know who right. are building brands, especially people who want to maybe crowdfund or uh-huh. people who want to manage production. Mm. But where can people find you if they want to talk? Okay. To you? Well, th- we've got a lot of channels. Instagram is a very strong one. Okay. Uh, if you go to Kicks Tribe, that is K-W-E-X-S-T-R-I-B-E because we're building a community of tribe mm-hmm. who connect with the product. And so Instagram is a very strong channel for communicating. You can post your comments or you can actually send direct messages via Instagram. We've also got our email addresses. We've got Twitter. We've got Facebook. We've got the website. So all these channels are readily available to take comments, feedback, suggestions, and we always try to, you know, return those, uh, you know, touch points. That's good. So, guys, go check them out. Thank you so much for listening in today. You know that next week I'll be here with a very, very amazing brand for you. Stay tuned. And you can always go check us out, isokoafrica.com, where you can listen to other podcasts. And don't hesitate to subscribe. Um, go to social media platforms, Isoko Africa. You can suggest to us what other brands you want to find. Actually, three other people had mentioned you to us that they wanted to, f- they wanted you on board. Oh so wow. shout out to those people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so always mention the brands you want us to talk about, and we would bring them here to you know talk about them with you. Awesome and platform. Awesome. <laughs> I have to say that you're doing a great job. Hey. <laughs> well done. Thank you. <laughs> so see you next time. Until then, remain blessed and bye, African. <laughs> Bye-bye.